misguided but broken people, we come to you because you are our God. Be our all in all, oh God, as you promised to be. Gone are the days of us finding fulfillment in this one or that one, in that thing or that one. Lord, but that we might find our joy, celebration, praise, our fulfillment, our identity, our beauty in Christ and Christ alone. That you would be lifted very, very high. And so, Lord, come in a powerful way. I pray, Lord, that we're, as we hear your word, we hear the soft, sandaled feet of Jesus walking up and down the aisles, mending hearts, healing minds, fixing marriages, restoring marriages and families. Lord, that you would be famed for your glory's sake and the joy of all the nations. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Amen. Well done. Welcome to the Recovery House of Worship. You are the brave souls who decided yesterday I will come no matter what, even if it snows like crazy. So I'm grateful for you. I'm really grateful for you. And I'm grateful that you came And I'm glad that you're uh, here now. I think that God is going to move in a powerful way. But can I say something right now? Because I just did this sermon. I preached this sermon. I tell the pastors that they... I tell the pastors um, that when we preach, our goal is to preach a horrible sermon in front of no one. So that we can preach a God-anointed sermon in front of everyone. So we practice this in our office. We practice this stuff in our... Uh, thing. But I preached uh, this morning in front of a few people and I saw the looks on their faces like I had, like, you know, like someone had run up on the stage naked or something. They were like, wow. And so it's going to be that message. You know, some messages get you excited. Do you know how like that there are some messages that get you excited? You know that there are some messages that have you think and there are some messages that convict. This one might do all three, but a little bit more on the conviction and a little bit more on the thinking side. So, um, I pray that you've come with an open heart. And we're going to talk about some touchy stuff today. But uh, I pray that you have ears to hear. Um, Today we're going to be talking about the enemy of your soul. The enemy, the greatest enemy in your life. This enemy will ruin your marriage. He'll destroy your career. This enemy will scar your children. This enemy will break up your relationships. The enemy that we're going to talk against today will make your friendships fall apart, make you a bitter person when you're old, will absolutely come against everything that you think will bring you joy in your life. The enemy that we're talking about today is self-centeredness. And it will do all those things that I said and far, far more. And so what I want you to do is I want you to listen today. Listen, because listen to me. Never, I've never 
never seen a person who lived for God's honor. We just read about it. We don't see them forsaken. We don't see them not comforted. We don't see them not come alongside of. But I've seen a lot of self-centered people crash and burn. I've seen a lot of self-centered people. Listen to me. Listen. This enemy is at the core of many of the diseases of the people that struggle with in this room. This enemy. This enemy will rob you of joy. Will steal away your future. This enemy, this enemy will promise the world, but will not deliver a block. This enemy, this enemy will be the death of all of us. God knows that all, every one of us are going to struggle with this enemy it's called self-centeredness. God knows that every one of us are going to fight with our rights and our desires, our purposes for life. God knows that that is going to be at the crux of your difficulty in following Christ. And so, in this prayer that we're doing, God gives us three words to combat this enemy that's everywhere. It's in the burger commercials you listen to. It's in the arguments that you have with your friends. It's in the air. Listen to me. God gives these three words to combat all of that. Thy kingdom come. Those three words were given to us in a prayer so that it would not be a life lived for my glory, my fame. It would not be a life lived for my joy, my satisfaction. It would not be a life lived chasing after the rabbit of happiness only to find that it leads to the ditch of suffering, not that, no, but that we would live praying each day, surrendering each moment with a heart that screams and prays, Thy will be done. Today we're in part three. We're in part three of a seven-part series on prayer. It's called Vertical. In this series, Vertical, the first week, you'll remember, we said that we have to clear out some of our motivations for going to God to pray. Remember what we said? We said that a lot of times our motivations could be locked down into three items. Hook me up, get me out of this one, give me what I want. And that is the ultimate end of all of our prayers. Hook me up, get me out of this one, Give me what I want. We said when we come to God that it would be something if we came to him with no ulterior motives. Wouldn't that be something? That was week one. By the way, you can get all of these sermons either on our website, which I believe we'll have on the screen. Uh, It's uh, www.rhowbk.org. And you can also get it on our podcast. Um, And I don't know the name of our podcast. You just go Our How Brooklyn on our podcast, and uh, it should be up there. You can listen to all these sermons. They're free. Part one was checking our motivations. And what we said was this. Your your motivation matters in prayer. Part two 
We talked about um, our Father who art in heaven. Remember that? And we said this. This was the big idea for last week. That when you pray, you got to start. Everything for the Christian starts in calling God our Father. And that's a difficulty for a lot of us because we grew up with the, with the old man that was a little bit tough to get along with. Amen. So you remember what we said? We said, he's your father. Finish this with me. He's your father, but he's not your old He's not your old man. Amen. And so we said that God the Father is not a bigger version of your dad. He's a perfect version. Amen. God is not a bigger version of your flawed father. He's a perfect version of your father. And so, that leads us to this week. So what we're going to do, and what we have been doing, because since you already have it memorized, and I love you memorizing scripture some more, we're going to say the entire Our Father. But we're going to focus on three words. Three words that are going to cut to the heart of your pain and suffering in the world, but three words that you won't want to let in because it'll mean that you have to get off the throne of your life. It'll mean that you'll have to stop being the shot caller of your world. It'll mean that you have to stop being the authority in your life. It'll actually mean that someone else rules and reigns. And my prayer is that it's thy kingdom come. One of the habits that we have in our precious church is that we stand as we read God's word in holy reverence to God. By the way, I want to I wanna thank you for bringing the church into this room. You do realize this room, this building is not the church. That us coming together to glorify God, that is the church. So I want to thank you for bringing the church into this uh, room. So on the count of three, we're going to uh, recite the Our Father together. Some of you know about memory, okay? One, two, three. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespass as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom. Amen. Please have a seat. So there's an enemy of your life. An enemy that wants to destroy everything that God would have for you. An enemy that would like to kill your marriages, your relationship with your children. All the things that we just talked about. And it's all... It's combated by the simple three-word phrase, Thy kingdom come. So when we say, Thy kingdom come, what are we saying? First of all, let's just point out some uh, grammatical stuff. It's thy. You know what thy means? It doesn't mean my. It means yours. It means his. It means you. God, I am actually taking a step to putting you before me. Because in fact, you are before me. It is thy. And it's a kingdom. 
Thy kingdom come. Because quite frankly, there are too many competing kingdoms on this earth. There are too many competing kingdoms in this room, man. Each one of us long, listen to me, listen, we long to be praised, listened to, obeyed, adored, pursued, and listen to me. The reason 90% of the time you're upset is because it wasn't my kingdom come. So it was thy kingdom come. Come on. Come before the, listen, Come before the end of this sermon. Come right now. You, oh God, thy kingdom come. Now remember, we're talking about the enemy of your self-sentence and we're trying to fight it. And this is fought in prayer. It's fought in prayer. So I'm going to teach you a particular prayer that Jesus taught his people. Because remember, when we go through the Our Father, the point is not to memorize the scripture, although I'm delighted that most of you have. The point is not to pray, um, this then is what you should say. Jesus didn't say that. He said, this then is how you should pray. And so last week we've learned about going to God as Father in our prayer. This week, thy kingdom come. And so as an enemy of self-centeredness, knowing that self-centeredness simply will not do Knowing that living, knowing that saying, it's about me, I do me, I live for me. Drawing a circle in areas of your life that God can touch. God can touch this, but he can't touch my finances. God can touch this, but he can't touch my sexuality. God can touch this, but he can't touch my decisions. God can touch this. He can touch. Listen. We've got to stop being a church. I don't want us to be a church who lives above God's word. As a church, isn't it true, Recovery House of Worship, that we love God's word? We, lo- we are under God's word. Isn't it true? Isn't it true that we not only love and adore God's word, but we're under the authority of God's word? Isn't that true? Now, it's just, it's just, I don't want you to live your life like this. Over God's word. And go, well, I don't like it, so I'm, no, 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 this is what I'm going to do. Well, I don't like it, so I'm going to stop going to church. Or, I don't like it. Because we're going to talk about some sensitive stuff today. And I don't want you to live your life in this small living, life-deflating, over-scripture kind of life. I want you to put God's Word in its proper place. Above as an authority over your life. You go, oh, but, 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 but I don't like what that means because in this area of my life I feel lonely and, then, and I had to... No, 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 I understand, I understand. Listen, shh. God's word is better than us. There are three, three ways. When we say, thy kingdom come, there are three particular ways that we're focusing on. Let's look at the first. The first one is obvious. The first one is Jesus is coming again. You know this, right? Did you, did you know that there was going to be a part two? Did you not know that, right? Did you not get the memo? It's going to be a part two. Jesus is coming again. That when he came the last time, he's, he's more than Arnold Schwarzenegger, he said, 
I'll be back, and he's actually coming back. You go, oh, but it's been 2,000 years. It's been so long. How could you be so sure? Well, listen, he came the first time. And when he came the first time, he predicted his death. More than that, he predicted his resurrection. And, you know, call me stupid, but I go with the guy who died and came back from the dead. I don't know about y'all. I put my bets on the guy who came back from the dead, right? You come back from the dead, I'll believe you too. But if you don't come back from the dead, I'm going with the guy who did, right? I'm simple like that. Jesus said he's coming again. You know why this is so important? Because there's no, there's no difficulty in marriage, no suffering that we see our little babies go through, no strife in our marriage, no loneliness in either singleness or divorce. You know, if you're in like that sort of that in-between place where you're not quite single and you're not quite married, you're somewhere in between that loneliness place. None of that that you and I go through, none of that is eternal. You know why? Because thy kingdom will come. I can endure any statement that the doctor says about my health, no matter how negative it is, because I know this ain't forever. Thy kingdom come. I can endure any difficulty in my marriage, no matter how lonely I feel, no matter how difficult it is, because I know thy kingdom come. I can endure any type of heartache and betrayal and rebellion, because I am sure that thy kingdom come. It's looking for him. I can go through any temptation. Suffer with any weakness. Endure any trial. Because I know thy kingdom. The next time you're hurting, the next time, listen to me, the next time, the next time you go, God, where are you? God, this is so painful. God, what about the finances? God, what about the relationship? God, this hurts so much. Next time you're in that Mode. Next time you're in that place, I want you to just sit back and go, ah, yes, but. Thy kingdom come. You're coming again. This pain won't be forever. When I was, um, I had about a period of 10 years. Did you hear what I just said? 10 years of a hell on earth marriage with my wife. 10 years. Now, she's my best friend now, but 10 years years. Now, it takes about a half a second to say 10 years, but you know how long it takes to live 10 years? Anybody know? It takes every bit of 10 years. And I remember even pastors, because it was real bad, even pastors would come up to me and say, Edwin, you're young. You don't have to do this. This is all right. It's not the unpardonable sin. And after receiving that a bunch of times, and I did not really have enough, a, a defense because I was weak and I was hurt and I was wounded, mainly, 90%, because it was all about me, because it was self-centered, because I wasn't considering, because I wasn't loving well, because I wasn't living like Christ, and I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't Jesus to my wife. That's why. But back then, if you'd have asked me, poquito problema, my fault. And it's a real big deal on her part, right? 
But I remember even when, when people, close friends, would tell me, hey, this is rough. You know, this is, hasn't been for a year or two. Is it, listen, when you get to the 3,000th day, it wears on you. And they would say, hey, Edwin, why don't you guys And I developed a response that God gave me. It was powerful. It moved even me. And I told them this, because there are rewards for faithfulness. Listen to me. Listen to me. No matter how difficult you're... Listen. Heaven is going to be a lot longer than earth. And he promises to come. In fact, Jesus says he's going to move heaven into your neighborhood. He's going to bring heaven to earth. And his kingdom will reign. So the first thing I need you to know, the first thing I need you to know, no matter what suffering you're in, no matter what difficulty, no matter how many times you've relapsed, no matter how many heartaches you had, no matter what the betrayal was, no matter what the doctor says, no matter what the loneliness feels, no matter how many medications you have to take for depression, no matter what you go through, it won't last forever. You know why? Anybody know why? Because thy kingdom come. The second, when we pray, Thy kingdom coming. We let that rest on our hearts. The second thing we pray is that we would live out kingdom mercy on this earth. Kingdom mercy. Remember when I told you that we were going to get a little controversial? It's coming. We're here. We're here. Get out the car. We're here. So, men, you're watching pornography, right? And we tell you in this church not to watch pornography for a bunch of reasons. Number one, it'll ruin your marriage. It'll, ru- it'll, it'll ruin how you view women. It'll, it'll destroy what you think normal is. It'll mess you up. We tell you not to watch pornography because what you're doing is you're supporting a system that exploits women. And women are too precious to be exploited. And so we don't... Everybody agree? We don't want to exploit women? And you go, oh, but wait, 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 wait. I don't pay for pornography. I get everything free. No, you don't. Listen to me. Listen to me. You should be weeping. Listen to me. There are advertisements on the corners of those things. And those advertisements, the way they make money is that they get what's called hits on websites. In other words, if you visit a website, even by mistake, that's called a hit. Do you understand what that means? And so if they say 10,000 hits on this website, then they can charge X amount of dollars for the advertisement. You see, you're part of that 10,000 if that's what you're doing. Christ can transform you. You, go, you, can't, you can't stop watching that stuff on your own. I know. I know what it's like to be in bondage of that. You got your story. My story's worse. Don't worry. I understand. Listen to me. What I'm trying to tell you, what I'm trying to tell you, listen to me. Listen to me. Is that we don't exploit women because we're praying, thy kingdom come. And when Jesus comes to live in your heart, a little bit more of God's kingdom has come to earth. 
And so we fight for the oppressed and we fight for the weak and we fight for the poor and we're not consumed with just ourselves and what we're going to wear for Saturday or how we're going to be seen, but we're consumed with advocating for the weak and the marginalized and the abused. So, here's where the controversy comes in. Ladies, listen to me. Look at me, every one of you, ladies. I love you. And what I'm about to say is going to be very hard. Especially for some of you who have experienced what I'm talking about. And you're going to want to fight me. I know. Don't fight. And I want you to know that no matter what you've experienced or done in the past, your salvation is not based upon what you have done, but what Christ has done. Now, in 1972, the Supreme Court made a decision that legalized the murder of babies as long as they were in their womb, their mother's womb. Since 1972, there has been over 50 million babies murdered in their mother's womb. Think about that. Now, ladies, look at me. Look at me. I'm, I love you. And I know if you're sitting here, you've either had an abortion or you know a woman who's had an abortion. So I, un, I, I don't understand. It's, it's a very intimate thing. I don't know what you've gone through, but here's what I do know. I, don't, I know that Christ died for the sin, every sin. And that your identity is not found in your sin in the past, but what Christ has done to cleanse you of your past. And so I don't want you to sit here condemned. I don't want you to sit here condemned saying, this is the worst sin, this is the worst sin. Listen, this church is filled with sinners who got saved by Christ, whose past has been washed. But listen, listen to me. So there's mercy at the foot of the cross. If you don't know Jesus, you can know him now. But listen, we gotta call sin sin. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta. Because we're praying, Thy kingdom come. And the weakest and the most helpless are in the womb. Let me tell you how absurd our world is. Everybody knows, everybody knows that the baby inside of you is a real person. Everybody knows that. You, you gotta go back to 1972 to say otherwise. Science has proved that the babies dream, that the babies uh, feel pain in the womb, that at the moment of conception, that's when you have a life. That's when. At the moment of conception. This is how crazy we are in this world. Anybody can get, any woman who desires can get an abortion, go to a clinic, get an abortion, do it, no problem. Think about this. There are 38 states, 38 states in the United States with a law against uh, 
murdering a baby in a mother's womb. 38 states. So that means, that means if you go, you break into an apartment, and there's a pregnant woman, and she's five weeks pregnant. It's a baby. You don't even know she's pregnant. And something happens, you scuffle, you kill her by mistake, or you kill her on purpose, whatever. That's double homicide. That's double homicide. Everybody understands. Everybody, because it's a life in the body. But look at how crazy our world is. Think about this. If a mom decides that she's going to get an abortion, if a mom decides she's going to get an abortion, and she drives, she's driving to the abortion clinic with an appointment and the purpose of aborting the baby, and a truck hits her on the way to the abortion clinic where she's going to have this baby taken out of her body, killed. And he kills the baby inside. That guy's up for murder in, in 38 states. Think about that for a second. Just recently, just recently, I'm not making this up. This is less, less than three months ago. There was a guy who was at court. You know why? Because he gave his girlfriend the morning after pill. And she didn't know it. And so she had an abortion. And now he's up for murder. But you take that same pill that he got over the counter, and you give it to the girl to take herself, and it's no longer murder. He's up for murder, but that's not murder. Here's the argument. The argument is that it's a woman's body. And my argument against that is, please, listen, it is your body, but that's, that baby is not your body. That baby is in your body. But he's not your body. So you want to cut off your arm? I don't suggest it. And then women, some people, the argument on the other side, not women, but some people on the argument on their side is this. But a woman can do anything she wants with her body. Listen to me. That's simply not true. You can't do anything you want. If you don't believe me, go prostitute outside. See what will happen. You will get arrested. Listen to me. Listen to me. You'll get arrested. I'm not trying to be funny. I'm trying to prove a point. Listen to me. Now listen to me. Now there's a lot of women right now, and I just want to I want to come down a little bit. Listen. This is hard, right? It brings back some memories. Maybe some deep regrets that you've had in the past. Jesus can heal your past. Jesus can heal your wounds. Jesus can heal your regrets. There's no sin so deep that Jesus is not deeper still. He left his kingdom to come down to this earth so he can plant his kingdom in your heart. You can have the forgiveness of sins. You can have the remission of sins. You can be his and saved. You do not have to. So, Why did I bring that up? Because we're talking about thy kingdom come. Because you have an opportunity right now when your friends ask you sometime this month one of you is going to get have a talk with a friend of yours and he's going to go yo I got my girl pregnant and the first thing I want you to go wow how did that happen? The second thing that I want you to do is when he says, 
when he says, listen, I think she's going to have an abortion. You tell him, don't do that. Don't do that. Well, she's not going to take care of him. I certainly don't want him. Tell him you know a pastor that will take him. And here's another one. Listen. No, no, no. Don't clap for that. Listen. That's my conviction. Anybody I come across who says it, you don't believe me. My fifth kid speaks otherwise. He was going to be aborted. I said, don't do that. I'll find someone. I couldn't find anyone. God told me me. No problem. Listen to me. You be that person. You say, no, 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 no. Death will not come. We, listen, listen, your will will not come. Your desires, your, your selfishness, that will not be what reigns. Listen to me, you know what reigns? Our God reigns. Thy kingdom come. And when the church is the church, we bring a little bit more of God's kingdom here to earth. You go, that's so inconvenient. I'm much older. Listen, listen to me. Be inconvenienced. Be old. Be, listen to me. Listen. Thy kingdom come. You know why? Because God's church should be furthering God's kingdom. When we hear of sex trafficking, the church should rise up with a holy anger and a plan to deal against that. When we hear of oppression or hunger or abortion or anything, the church should be the first one. If your neighborhood has any woes or issues, that they, if there's crime is too great, then the Christian, the Christ follower, should be, as they walk around that neighborhood, with a whistle and saying, no, no, not my neighborhood. Not my neighborhood. This is going to be safe for the women and the children Amen. in this neighborhood. You say, if anybody's going to risk life and limb, it'll be for the Christ follower who's praying, Thy kingdom come. So when we pray, Thy kingdom come, we are praying, God, come, come again. And any, no suffering I go through, no difficulty, no circumstance that I go through is going to overwhelm me because you're coming again. I'm excited about that. Secondly, we pray. When we pray, thy kingdom come, we pray to bring God's kingdom here to earth. By doing justice, by loving mercy, by defending the helpless. Third, when we pray, thy kingdom come, we pray for opportunities to share Jesus with others. When you and I pray, thy kingdom come prayers, we pray, God, give me an opportunity. Give me an opportunity to share your glory with others, your fame. Your, give me an opportunity so that they might know who you are. And immediately when I say, hey, listen, tomorrow morning, start praying. God, give me an opportunity to share you with others. You, the first thing that comes up is self-centeredness. You go, but I don't know what to say. I don't know how to behave. I don't know how to respond. What if they ask me this? What if I do that? And listen to me. All of those excuses are self-centered excuses. Last week, you were so much more lively than this. 
But I understand we're talking about something serious, aren't we? And we're not necessarily talking about you. And that can be painful sometimes. So, thy kingdom come. So the question will be, and this is the only big idea that I want you to learn. Now, you, do you remember the three? And I didn't see many of you writing it down. You're not going to remember it. I'm going to try to tell it to you again. When we pray, thy kingdom come, we're praying three things. We're praying, God, come again, which will help us during our difficult times of suffering and depression and loneliness. Second, we pray to be advocates for the weak and the powerless and the helpless. We pray to be their advocate. Third, we pray that we might share God's kingdom with others. Tell them the good news. Invite them to church. Tell them, hey, what are you doing on Sunday? Come with me. So, in this picture that you see up here, I know some of you have been wondering what this looks, what this is. And in, um, in days before, um, we had planes, long before that. The best way you could protect the city was by putting a wall around it. And you put the wall around the city, and that was your kingdom. And so the question that you have to ask is your life, will it be thy kingdom or will it be my kingdom? I can tell you that my kingdom people, their funerals are empty. Thy kingdom people, their funerals, they don't have a big enough room to fit the people who come to their funerals. Thy kingdom people, my kingdom people, when they move from one apartment to another, they move with maybe a family member to help out. Sometimes not so much. Thy kingdom people, they got to put people on shifts. Because when you serve and love in the name of Jesus, it's amazing. Thy kingdom people, thy kingdom people at the end of their days are overjoyed with their family around them, loving God, expressing gratitude for all that God has done. Thy kingdom people, they die like that. My kingdom people, oh my. I've been in so many deathbeds where just nobody taught them how to die. And they go with regret and shame. So which is it going to be? I love you. I'm your pastor. Listen. Listen to me. I love you. I'm your pastor. I want what's best for you. I don't want you to be a my kingdom person. Because in the end, listen to me, in the end, my kingdom people find themselves all alone without the things that they wanted. My kingdom people find themselves climbing up a corporate ladder, leaning up against a building, leaning up against the wrong building. Thy kingdom come people are people who live for God's glory and serve the weak 
and the poor. You know, you know this, right? Whenever I mention like a, a thy kingdom come person, you know them immediately. Anybody ever heard of a woman by the name of Mother Teresa? Long before the cameras showed up, long before the... You know what she did? She said, you can't take care of your babies, I'll take care of your babies. You know what she did also? She took people who were in the worst stages of dying in Calcutta. And she gave them dignity. There was no hope for them. These people are not going to be made well. Why not just leave them on the streets? They only have a day or two or three to live. She said, no, 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 no. I'm not going to let that happen because thy kingdom will come on Calcutta as it is in heaven. And people will get to die with dignity. I long for the day where you and I take it so seriously, thy kingdom come prayers, and we live out thy kingdom come prayers, and we say, in Brooklyn as it is in heaven, in the Bronx as it is in heaven, in New York as it is in heaven. So my desire is to help to teach you how to pray. So we're going to pray. We're going to pray Thy Kingdom Come prayers. If you go into your bulletin, you're going to find a... What color is this? Blue? Yeah. Um, this, I want you... We're going to actually practice Thy Kingdom Come prayers. We decided to take it up another level because I realized that after last week, I said, I wonder if the people are praying my father throughout the week. And I wonder if they'll remember to pray that. So this week... We're going to give you a help. Now, at the top, you see the pattern. You see, uh, you see upward, priority. You see that? And then you see passion, and then you see people, and then you see praise. You see that? On the uh, left, right? Now, on the top, you see pattern. Here's the pattern I want you to fall, follow. The pattern is priority, passion, people, and praise. Here's what it looks like. For the rest of this week, the priority is, anybody know what it's going to be? I wonder if you know. Thy kingdom come. You've been paying attention. I'm glad. All right? Thy kingdom come prayers. That means when you get in your prayer closet, listen to me, when you get on your knees and you get in your prayer closet, here's what it's going to look like. You're going to be on your knees before the Lord. And you're going to start praying like this. Father, and you're just going to let that wash over you, Father, Father, because that's the basis of all of our prayers. You can pray, thy kingdom come, because Jesus left his kingdom to put his kingdom here on the earth. You can pray, thy kingdom come, it's because God came from heaven to earth and lived the life that you should have lived and died the death that you deserve to die, but don't have to, because Jesus Jesus sacrificed himself for you. You can pray, thy kingdom come, because your heavenly Father, who loves you more than words can express, sent the Son to die on the cross for your sin. So all of our prayers, every one of our prayers, before you ask for what you want, before you tell, you tell God what he needs to do, before you do that, listen to me. Father, be reminded, oh, you love me. Oh, you've cared for me. you sustained me. You're for me. 
pray, Father. Then I want you to pray, Thy kingdom come. You know what that looks like? It looks an awful lot like just go, oh God. Come, Lord Jesus, come. I don't want to, I don't want to get, I don't even want to make it to work today. I want you to come before I make it to work today. That thing that I'm worried about, the thing that the doctor said, come before what he said happens. The difficulty that I'm having with my wife, I don't know how to fix it. God, come. Lord Jesus, come. And then you pray, thy kingdom come. Lord, give me an opportunity to help the powerless and the helpless and the needy, to clothe the naked, to house the homeless, to feed the hungry. Lord, give me a spirit that will look out so that thy kingdom will come. And then I want you to pray, thy kingdom come. God, give me an opportunity to share your beauty, to share your wonder, to share the marvel of who you are, to share you with others. Thy kingdom come. That's the priority. Then the passion is to pray that into your heart. God, I don't want it to be my kingdom. Today, every day of my life has been about my kingdom. Today, I want it to be about thy kingdom. Now that you're clear about what thy kingdom come is, coming again, justice and mercy, sharing the faith with others. Now that we know what thy kingdom come means, we don't want to live for my kingdom. Good night. There's no joy in that. There's no eternal satisfaction in that. Lord, let thy kingdom bubble up in my heart. Let my heart be exploding with thy kingdom come. So pray it into your heart so it becomes real, so the hairs on your neck stand up. Then I want you to pray God's blessing for other people. Do you see that in people? Pray God's blessing for other people. So that means right there in the notes, you write Susie and Samantha and, and John. Lord, would you save my brother John? And, 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 and Martina, she looks like she's going to have an abortion. Let me, let me run and tell her. I'll take the baby. And so she's ready. If she wants it, I'll give it back. If she doesn't want it, I'll keep it. Pray blessings for others. Pray for who he is and answers to my prayer. Pray that. Pray. God, thank you so much for answering my prayers. So we're going to practice that together. Are you okay? Are you down with that? Are you, oh, you don't look so serious. You don't look so, uh, so excited. Let's try it again. Are you down with that? Yeah. I don't believe it. Okay. All right. So... Here we go.
Would you remind me that you're coming again? That no stress that I have at home, that no pain that I have in my body, that no difficulty that I have at my job, that no enemy that I have in this world will ever be able to outdo or outlast thy kingdom. So thy kingdom come then. Thy kingdom come. Give me an opportunity. Lord, Sunday's not over. Give me an opportunity to help the helpless, to protect the weak, to stand up for those who can't stand for themselves. Thy kingdom come. Lord, would you just let me be a fool for the kingdom's sake? Would you help me to invite somebody to church next week? Would you help me to share the gospel with a waitress or a co-worker, with the person that I buy my newspaper from or coffee? or Lord, would you help us to be the kind of people that are sharing the gospel with others? Because you're worthy of that. Thy kingdom.